ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the March 12th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to be here for an hour. Final show of the week. Program note, we've got the state basketball tournament coming up starting tomorrow. We go on the air bright and early, 9.06 airtime tomorrow. You can listen to almost every single tournament game coming from the state capitol starting tomorrow. Our schedule it looks like this. We got Notre Dame versus Parkersburg Catholic in the Class A opener. And then in the Triple A opener, we've got University versus Musselman. That's coming up at 11.05 a.m. And then to finish off day one, morning one, the, the afternoon game, 12.50 p.m. to be exact, Wheeling Central versus Williamstown in Class A. And then the evening session, which will begin at 5.06, will be Webster County versus St. Mary's. And then we'll get into that Martinsburg-Parkersburg-South game. Now, after that, we're going to jump into our pregame coverage of Marshall and Rice. That will be tomorrow. We'll go on the air at 8.30. So we will not have the Greenbrier West and Trinity Christian game. Now, Thursday, depending on what Marshall does, looks like this. Uh, we're going to have... Bluefield versus Polka on Thursday, then Capital versus Morgantown, and then Fairmount Senior versus Lewis County. That's the morning session. The evening session will be Chapmanville versus Grafton, and this is Thursday. George Washington versus Cabell Midland at 7.05. We will run that game till its conclusion. Now, if Marshall is playing on Thursday after the Midland broadcast is over, we will jump into the Marshall broadcast. And, of course, you can listen to that in its entirety on 93.7 The Dog. Now, if Marshall is eliminated, we will continue our coverage from the state capitol with Oak Hill versus Robert C. Byrd. So whatever Marshall does, our high school coverage will grow or shrink depending on what they do and what Campbell Midland does. Say Campbell Midland does advance from their Thursday bracket. They are game 11, so they'll be slotted in the semifinal game at 8.50 p.m. on Friday. We'll get into that game. You can hear that one right here. We should be able to get into it with no interruption. Of course, Marshall will be playing in the late afternoon if they get to Friday. Saturday, if Cabell Midland's in the championship game, we will carry that game. If Marshall is playing on Saturday, we will not carry the championship game unless Cabell Midland's in it. And, of course, if Marshall's not playing, we will carry the AAA championship game. And, of course, since the time does work out for us, we're going to carry the single-A and double-A championships as well. So depending on, again, if Marshall wins, that's going to knock some coverage off. If Cabell Midland wins, um, that's going to take precedence right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. But all these games that you want to follow, the herd will be on 93.7 The Dog. So you won't miss, really, if Cabell Midland and Marshall are playing at the same time, we've got you covered. One station will carry the herd in its entirety. One station will carry Cabell Midland in its entirety. So I'd like to see Cabell Midland go far. 
actually got to talk to the voice of high school sports in the state of West Virginia, Fred Persinger. And uh, we were talking a little bit today. He was on talk line with Hoppy Kirchival. And so my ears perked up a little bit when Fred was on just because I wanted to get his take on this whole reclassification. And he, if I got him right when I was talking to him, if I, if I understood him right, he, he's willing to give it a go. But I think he's more of the mindset that, hey, maybe you just need to improve your schedule, play tougher opponents in the beginning, and then get ready for the tournament. Don't worry about your record early. Just get ready. Because he points out that a team like Huntington St. Joe, they don't just go stumble in. They actually play top opponents. They play top teams to get themselves better. Now, I don't know if four classifications will work. He was kind of swaying me to his argument. I'm still curious to see how this goes. I want to see if four classes would work, but the population is declining in the state of West Virginia. You don't have as many high schools. You don't have as many students. And then you're going to go to four classifications. So it's going to be easier to get to the tournament. Now, again, this is in basketball. This is a pilot program. They're not going to do this just yet in the other sports if it passes. Now, if they come out with this pilot program and think, hey, this was great, we love it, then does it go to other sports? I don't know if there are other sports where it's as much of a problem, say, like it is in basketball. And there are some good points made. First of all, when you invite the private schools into the SSAC, I mean, you can't just kick them out and say, hey, you know, we're done with you. Sorry. The Catholic tournament's not coming back. I don't think the Catholic schools are looking to form their own tournament. I don't think the SSAC is looking to kick them out. So you wouldn't need a private school tournament. Once upon a time, maybe it was a great idea. I don't know now. And then I get a guy like Rick Marone, who I respect and have been friends with for a long time, both on a personal level and just working in the industry, working in radio, working in sports media, getting to know that guy. So... Now, he's not just a coach I know. I mean, I've talked to him a long time, and I respect his point of view. Hey, look, I can't draw. I don't have that big of a a pool to draw from. They do. I don't. It doesn't give my kids an opportunity because I just can't pull the kids to compete against teams like that. And so what do you do? Do you level the playing field? Do you get yourself better? Can you get yourself better? Can you make your team better? competitive. I mean, it seems to work in Kentucky where all classes, all bets are off. Let's go. I mean, now and then you get a small school roll in and all of a sudden they win the darn thing. Ashland had a shot. They got to the second round. Boyd County's playing. We'll have that game over on our sister station, Cat Sports 93-3 and 1340. So you've got so many options here. I'm not really ready just to put my finger down and say, okay, this is where it's got to go. But at the same time, I'm willing to make a, an effort to see if this would work. But then you got to expand the tournament. You got to have more sessions. You got to have four classes, a quad A. Does that mean there's a, you know, who's in the quad A? Who's in the triple A? Who's in the single A? Who's in the double A? I mean, is there schools that are going to get hurt by this? Like, okay, you know what? Single A's, you smaller schools, you got what you wanted. You don't have to compete with some of these bigger, more capable schools in your mind, even though they're private. Enrollment's about the same. So there's going to be a shift there. And all of a sudden, you might have some schools that are going to be competing with bigger schools that maybe they're not up to the task. Whatever the formula is going to do, it's going to change the dynamic a little bit. And all of a sudden, you're going to have some coaches go, wait wait a minute here. We were fine. Why are you messing with what we're doing? I mean, that's the other thing. Other schools are going to get messed with because there's this push. And I'm sure it's just a push from the single-A schools. Look, we can't do it. Nobody complains in Kentucky. Hey, we can't do it. 
I think it's a pretty big deal to get to the Sweet 16. It means something when you get there. It means something. I think Ohio does a pretty good job, too, as far as they uh, bracket it all out. But in West Virginia, you've got a small state. You've got a small state. You've got a few schools that are in metro areas. You've got some schools that are in rural areas. You've got some schools that are out in the country. I mean, it's a diverse geography at the same time. I mean, I understand you want to make it fair, but if you've got the option to try to maybe go out and better your schedule, I mean, how do you do that? Do you go out and play some of the tougher schools? I mean, are the bigger schools wanting to necessarily play you, play a smaller school? That's why I like the Kentucky system. No classes. Just go. Then you've got districts, regions. Those are big deals. I mean, maybe you should do that. Maybe it should be a geography-based. I mean, you can, you can think of it that way. I mean, it sort of is due to classification now, but... Maybe you just do away with the classifications and you go, okay, this is geography-based. We're going we're gonna to cut the state up in areas and sections, and if you're in this area, you go. If you're in this area, this is where you play. If you're in this area, this is where you play. And you're going to come out. So it doesn't affect schools like Huntington, Cabell Midland, Spring Valley. They're going to face each other every year. They're knocking each other out. Nobody was really complaining when schools like CK, Vincent, beating each other up, knocking each other out. Nobody was complaining then, or maybe they were, and I just didn't hear it. But you had a couple of the best teams in the state of West Virginia knocking each other out all the time. Either one of those teams could have won the championship on a yearly basis, and one of them had to sit home, and the other one got to go to the state. And we're just knocking each other out. Same thing here. Huntington High, Cabell Midland, Spring Valley, bigger schools, just knocking each other out. But that's fun. It's fun to see who gets to go. And it's okay that a different team gets to go now and then. I mean, I'm happy for Cabell Midland. I'm happy for them. It's been a long time since they've got to go to the state tournament. So those kids have got to be excited right now. And if you break this up to four classes, is it going to be easier to get to Charleston now? Is that what you want? You just want an easier path to get to Charleston, to get to the championship? I don't know if merging all in one, just having no division, you're playing, we're going to get to the, the best 16, and you got to come out of your region. you got to come out of your district. you got to win your district, you got to win your region. You do it that way, maybe it's fair. Instead of seeding, making a school travel, keep them all close by so you know who you're going to face off against every year. So maybe, hey, you, you have a situation where, okay, uh, Huntington and girls basketball, Huntington St. Joe, they're going to be facing off against Huntington, Spring Valley, Cabell, Midland, Wayne, Tulsa, Hurricane maybe. It just depends on how you group this thing. Maybe they're going to have to face off against those schools. Maybe not. But I'm curious to see how this all plays out. First of all, I want to see how the shaking of the schools into their new homes looks like, how that's going to work. I almost hope that they, the SSAC, hope they, once it's approved, if it's approved, you then say, okay, here's what the reseeding looks like. Here's your new home. Get ready. And are you locked for a couple of years? Will there be a reshuffling? Will you reshuffle every few years? Okay, we're going to reclassify every few years. So you, if, you, if you grow, you might move up. If you decline, you might go down. Do you do it that way? I mean, as it stands now, you've got three classifications in a population-shrinking state, a state with consolidation still possible at any given time, and I don't know if four classifications makes it better. But at the same time, I get the whole argument that, look, we can't compete with some of these schools. They've got advantages we don't. Well, when when your, your, your games, how do you do that? You get your team better. Because at the end of the day, for these student-athletes, yeah, you want to give them the opportunity to play and you want to give them every advantage you possibly can, but 
I know this is going to infuriate some of you, but it's not necessarily the winning of the championship when it comes to high school sports. It's do you make these student athletes better? Do you prepare them? Do you teach them what it takes to, to achieve victory? Do you teach them leadership? Do you teach them that you're not necessarily going to win every time you're out there? Do you teach them that? And of course, you still want to give them a fair opportunity to be able to compete for a championship. And I do understand that completely. You don't want to have this go, okay, look, yeah, you're going to be a better person. You're never going to have the opportunity to play for a state championship because we just don't have what we need to compete with this school that does have what we need. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is there are maybe avenues to getting better. There are avenues to maybe you're going to have to do some things different with your program. And I understand if you don't have the numbers, you don't have the numbers, but you get five, six, seven good players, you could go far. It's what you need, five, six, seven, right? Get a good starting five, get some depth on the bench to come off and give someone a rest. I mean, how many players do you really need? And we're talking basketball. We're not talking football here. We're not talking where it's a big difference. I think basketball, you get the right kids. You get some good kids, strong, fundamental, can play basketball. I think you got a shot. That's just me. We've got Marshall Athletics to talk about when we continue football practice, spring practice. It's been announced. I know a lot of you are looking forward to that. We'll talk about that. And, of course, uh, Player of the Year is coming up soon, and the superlatives have been announced today in Conference USA. No one from Marshall made the list. We'll talk about that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I've also got your spring scrimmage schedule. That's right. I know when they're going to be on the field. And I can tell you when you can go watch them. Now, the good news is, unlike a lot of universities... Practices are open to the public except April 13th and the April 20th workouts. You've got to have a big green membership. You've got to have a season ticket. you got to be one of those. And you've got to have not all three of these. You've just got to have one of these things. You've got to have a valid Marshall ID. So if you want to go Saturday, you got to be signing up for the Big Green. you got to be signing up for season tickets, or you got to be a student. Same thing on April 20th. So those two Saturdays, you're not one of those people. You're not going to get to watch. Here are the dates. Sunday, March 17th, 2.45 to 5.30. So those of you who are going to this are probably not basketball fans. And if you are, you're going to be racing for Selection Sunday. I know, Selection Sunday, right? That is a Doc Holiday thing. The Take Sunday, Selection Sunday. And it's going, you know what? No, we're, we're doing the basketball no more. We're going to do football now. And so March 17th it is. Then you've got Tuesday, March 19th, 3 to 6. I'm paraphrasing here, 3.30 to 6.15. I'll just tell you the dates. Thursday, March 21st, afternoon. Tuesday, April 2nd. Thursday, April 4th. Saturday, April 6th. Tuesday, April 9th. Thursday, April 11th, then, of course, the Saturday Big Green season ticket holder Marshall ID game. Tuesday, the 16th. Thursday, the 18th. Then Saturday, April 20th. Again, limited. Then you've got Tuesday, April 23rd. Thursday, April 25th. And then Saturday, April 27th. And then Marshall's Big Green Dinner, which they have nicknamed the Hertzbees. 
will be Friday, April 26th at 7 p.m. It'll be in the Don Morris Room of the Memorial Student Center. Um, Lee Smith, who is a uh, distinguished Thundering Herd football alumnus and current member of the NFL's Oakland Raiders is how the, the release described him. Now, of course, the scrimmage, $5 tickets, Westlot Parking 20, and you can get those now. You can go ahead and get those now. Uh, they're also going to have some other things going on. They've got some different events. Now, there's also going to be a Ford test drive to raise money for the Huntington Quarterback Club in the West Lot of the east side of 20th Street across from the Marshall Rec Center. Each Ford test drive will raise $20, and um, we helping out the athletic department. Of course, uh, 11 a.m., the university is going to turn on the Memorial Fountain, and uh, Steve Williams is going to be addressing the crowd. If you've heard of Steve uh, Williams, you know he is a very gifted speaker. So um, I'm interested to see what he has to say. And then the West Lot opens at noon. So that's what your football looks like. That's right. Not even. Not even. The Herc could qualify for March Madness. We'll all be sitting there waiting for Selection Sunday to happen. We're going to be running back and forth from football to basketball. Not even a moment. That's okay, though. I know a lot of you have been looking forward to football. It is back. It is coming. You can prepare now. I know it was just a few short months ago we had the bowl game, and now back at it. I'll keep reminding you of these dates. I'll I'll keep this handy. I'll keep reminding you of it. And, of course, um, Sunday, March 17th, that's going to be your first date. And then... For the most part, except for some select Saturdays, it's going to be Tuesday, Thursdays. Uh, there will be um, a pretty much reason to go to Marshall almost every other day, it seems. We're going to take our next break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the basketball side of things. Some superlatives today announced for Conference USA. I'll tell you who got named, and I'll give you a hint. Nobody for Marshall. When we continue with today's edition of The Drive, ESPN. FM and AM 930, also here on WRVC.com. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. All right, the 2018-19 Conference USA Superlative Awards have been announced. And they're spreading the love this year to all schools not named Marshall. That's okay. That is okay. So, first of all, Western Kentucky University Center, Charles Bassey, named Freshman of the Year. We knew that was coming. He got the award like every other week, and some weeks he got it every week. Tavion got it a couple times. But for the most part, the league fell in love with Charles Bassey, and he was named Freshman of the Year. And then, on top of that, he gets Defensive Player of the Year. Now, Middle Tennessee junior forward, Antonio Green, he got the Newcomer of the Year award, and... Florida Atlantic graduate forward Xavier Stapleton. He gets the sixth player of the year honor. He's got to share that with Ladavius Drain of Southern Miss. Of course, who gets the vote on this? Well, Conference USA head coaches and media members in each conference city. Now, I know who the media member is in this city, and I'm going to have to ask that person whom he voted for. I probably won't get an answer, but I'll find out. So Bassey, why'd he get double honors? Well, he got recognized for averaging 15 points, almost 10 rebounds, and almost two and a half blocks for the Hilltoppers. He shot 62.9% from the field. He could become just a second Division I freshman since 1992, and that would be along with Ohio State's Greg Olden to average at least 14 points, nine rebounds, and two blocks while shooting at least 60% overall. He also became just the ninth freshman in Conference USA history to be named first-team All-Conference USA. 
He is only the second to win freshman of the year and defensive player of the year in the same season. Aslam Whiteside did that back in 2010. He's also Western Kentucky's first individual award winner since joining Conference USA in 2014. And he is WKU's first defensive player of the year since the 2003-04 season. And that was in the Sun Belt. He's also one of five finalists for the 2019 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Center of the Year Award. He's the only freshman on that list. He leads Conference USA in double-doubles with 15. He was named Conference USA's Freshman of the Week 10 times. 10 times. That tied the league record set by Rice's Marcus Evans in the 2015-16 season. 10 times. Conference USA loved them. Some Charles Bassey. I thought he was okay. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve the honor. I'm just saying I thought he was okay. But see if Western Kentucky can win the conference. If they can, they get all the hardware. Now, as far as the rest of the awards, Newcomer of the Year, it goes to Green, and he came from University of Texas of Rio Grande Valley. The acronym is great. U-T-R-G-V. U-T-R-G-V-G. Whatever. Started in 31 games for Middle Tennessee. 16 games with 20 points or more, and he also had a couple of 30-point showings. He is fifth in Conference USA scoring at 18.3. He's second in free throw shooting at 874. Second in three-point field goals made at 104. His 104 three-point field goals made, that breaks the Middle Tennessee single-season record which was previously 85, and he moves up to ninth in school history in single-season points at 568. His free throws percentage of 874 currently ranks fifth on the Blue Raiders' single-season charts. Now, Xavier Stapleton, he's the sixth player of the year honor. He's a transfer from Mississippi State. He gets the award because, one, this is the first time that Rice has had a winning season in a long while. He's third on the team in scoring at 13.2 a game. And if you just factor in league play, it's 14.1. And by the way, some of the people who vote in conference, they love to cite conference. They love to cite that just to give somebody else an edge sometimes. You look at Elmore's overall numbers and you go, hey, it's pretty good. But you look at conference and maybe it's slightly down a little bit. Oh, nope. Conference numbers only. You'll hear that sometimes. I'm just, I know it's inside baseball, but I'm telling you, I look at overall performance. How'd the kid do? How'd the kid perform? Non-conference, also conference. How'd he do? But you can't, you can't fault this kid. So he gets sixth player of the year. He's led the team in scoring six times, 16th in scoring at 14.3 and 14th. I'm sorry. 14th and three-pointers made at 2.2 per game. And that's in conference play, despite playing just 22.4 minutes per game. And that was because of an injury. He missed seven games earlier in the season. So um, he's the first FAU player to win an individual conference superlative award since 2011. I don't know if um, if I can make an argument for anyone for Marshall. I'm, I'm trying to see where would I plug... And Marshall player. Because, again, you plug... I don't know if you plug anybody in for defensive player of the year. I don't know if you can plug anyone in for newcomer. I mean, can you plug someone in for newcomer? I don't know. I don't think you can. Freshman, Bassey was going to win that one. And so, sixth man, who gets that award? Be tough. That'd be a tough pick if I was picking for Marshall. That'd be a tough pick to say, okay, who gets that award? Who who came off the bench? Who's the sixth man? I'll tell you this, though, right now. Um, Xavier Stapleton, I'll take Rondell Watson one-on-one against him any day. I'll say that without worrying about repercussion. I'll take Rondell Watson over Stapleton 
any day. Not to fault this kid or to slight this kid, but if I'm going to pick a guy, I'm going to back my guy, Rondell. Rondell's my sixth player of the year. He, he gets my award. He doesn't care. If this team wins four straight, gets the Conference USA Championship, he doesn't care. John Elmore doesn't care. This is like game fuel for John Elmore. Not not that Mountain Dew stuff. By the way, the uh, the blue is pretty good and the, the cherry was pretty solid. This is, a, this is a, so you know. If you haven't tried that yet, it's pretty good. But I do digress. All right, we're going to take our next break. We'll come back and uh, we will um, wrap this one up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive. Been a long day. I am excited for tomorrow because that means I just get to sit back and basketball. I'm looking forward to it. I know you are as well. And we'll talk a little bit more about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition. Paul Swan, your host for today's edition of The Drive. Program note, we won't be here tomorrow, Thursday or Friday because we've got basketball. High school basketball will take over most of our programming starting tomorrow. But, of course, don't forget Marshall basketball as well. We go on the air at 8.30. Steve Cotton will take over at 9.30. Then the herd tips off at 10. And if they win, we will rinse and repeat with one alteration. We will tip off at 10, of course, on 93.7 The Dog. And right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30, uh, we should hit 9.30. We'll be able to get in, and uh, Steve Cotton will be able to take us, hopefully, uh, all the way to tip. And we're going to start our pregame on Thursday if the herd advances on 93.7 The Dog. We've got Cabell Midland. They're going to be playing on Thursday. So if you want to hear the Marshall game, but you want to hear Cabell Midland first, you can lock it in on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, and then we'll have the Herd game for you. If you just want to hear our pregame and then just lock in on the Herd, nothing else. I just want to have Herd basketball all day long. Well, evening for us. You can, of course, jump on over to 93.7 The Dog. We got you covered there. So West Virginia High School Tournament on this very dial position. You can listen to Kentucky High School Girls Basketball Action over on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. So we've got a lot of basketball action over there, plus UK as well. So we got you covered. I think everything you need to know, we've got you covered either West Virginia or Kentucky side. All right, here again, again, sometimes I get messages during breaks, randomly sometimes, and um, in reference to Game Fuel, I was told it's not better than Orange Coke. Okay, that's fair. I will say this, though. I need the caffeine. I'm not a coffee drinker. I need the caffeine. So uh, unless they come up with a Coke product that has caffeine at the levels I need that won't kill me but will keep me going, uh, I'm going to have to say right now the game fuel is not bad, but the caffeine level is not as high as, say, Rockstar or Monster Energy drinks. It's maybe about half that. It's moderate. So if you just want a nice little pick-me-up, you get the game fuel. It was pretty inexpensive at the trial price. You like Mountain Dew. Um, really, the red reminded me like almost of a code red Mountain Dew, just about. Uh, the blue, like a blueberry popsicle maybe, as we rate all the important energy drinks on this program. Uh, but I'm going to have to say the Monster Orange, the Sunrise, that's probably my second go-to. My first go-to, depending on who has it, is either the Rockstar 
Mandarin Orange for the caffeine content or just the regular Rockstar Orange. I think it's the recovery. But at the end of the day, if you're just going for taste, the, the orange I think is good. The orange vanilla Coke is very good. And the last time we got into this conversation, which was funny, the last time we got into this conversation, I had several people off air message me, um, hey Paul, where can I get that? It was the same conversation we had, like when it first came out and I posted on social, hey, I got some of this. I had people like, um, hey, where do we get some of that? I had the conversation on the air and the floodgates open. I know you're listening. I know you're listening because I have proof. I'm getting phone calls and texts. Hey, um, can I get some of that mm, um, orange vanilla? Where can, can you point me out to that? So, yeah, at one point I was in charge of the Underground Railroad. It's pretty much widespread now. I saw it at Kroger the other day, so it's all good. You can get your hands on it now. I'm not going to be leading the, the charge to... To help you all, it's out there. It's in the wild. You can find it. But I guess the next flavor comes out. I will help you with that. I think I think I found um, our second calling here on the show. It's uh, sports coverage and energy drinks, which, by the way, I could use one right now. So after this show, I'm going to go probably go get some because tomorrow night, 10 o'clock tip uh, is going to be me and my producer, Gabriel Sellerts, and that's it. We're going to be the only souls in this building here bringing you the game. Everyone else can't hang. They are not able to hang with me, my producer Gabriel, or the herd apparently. They're going to be home in bed. I mean, that was pretty much, uh, I was like, who's my producer this week? It's going to be this kid because we can't hang. We're old. We can't do it. Okay. By the way, I'm not coming in early on um, Thursday. I'm just going to put that out there right now. You know what? That's going to do it for this edition of the program. Back tomorrow at 8.30 p.m. for college basketball today, where we will not be talking about energy drinks. We will not be talking about flavored Coke. We will be talking about Marshall Basketball, Conference USA Tournament. We'll be talking about the women as well. Men and women's basketball will have a good idea of what the tournament looks like day one as Marshall's got the late game. I will say this, though. I probably will have an energy drink with me or two tomorrow. So if you hear me crack one open during the broadcast, you know that's what that is. And, hey, if you would like to provide listener support to this program, you know where to drop those things off to me here. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Hey, thanks for having fun with me. Appreciate it. Uh, back tomorrow, 830 for the pregame. We'll have some fun then. Until then, go hurt everybody.